So Don and Sarah, they're missionaries of Harvest Time Church. Harvest Time Church is their home church when they're not traveling or abroad. And uh, I'm just going to re release him to just speak a powerful word. If you can go ahead and make your way up. Um, I believe God is going to speak mightily this morning. And um, can you guys just stretch your hand out? And we're just going to pray just a fresh anointing, fresh, fresh fire, that he would speak what God wants him to speak and that he would just let go of those things that uh, need to fall by the wayside. Lord, I thank you this morning for Don and Sarah and Open Door Enterprises and Father, all of the things that their ministry touches. But Father, I thank you today that they're here and they're in this house today. And Father, I pray just an anointing and an ability to communicate your heart to your people. Father, I pray that he would just stir conviction and passion in our hearts. And Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and a mind to understand the word of God as he speaks this morning. Bless him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here at Harvest Time. Good to be in South Texas. Amen. 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 It's always an honor, Pastor Noe and Pastor Becky, to be here, Pastor Jim and Pastor Sharon, the leaders of this church. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving to us. Thank you for the relationship that you have with us that we can call this home. Amen? So if you have your word, I want to start out this morning, if you will, in Matthew. Amen? Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Verses 37 through 39. Matthew 24, verses 37 through 39 says, For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like in the days of Noah. For as in the days of Noah before the flood, there were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand till the flood came and took them all away. So will the Son, the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen? In the New Testament, the new birth is mentioned nine times. Repentance, 70 times. Baptism, 20 times. The second coming of Christ, the prediction of the future events, occupy approximately one quarter of all the Bible. The teaching of the second coming of Jesus Christ is dealt with over 1,800 passages in the Bible. And over 318 of those are in the New Testament. Over 318 times it is mentioned or talked about the second coming of Christ, about the future. And it's funny as we read this in Matthew and then he compares it to the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, you can read in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, it said, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Not partially, not sometime, but continually evil. Amen? Doesn't that sound like the world today? Come on. It's no different. We're in the same world. Come on. The same age. But I got good news for you. This age will be gone one day. Amen. And there will be a new age, the age of the kingdom of God. And we'll be in there with him. Amen. And so there was continually evil. And the Lord regretted that he made man on the earth and he grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. Man and animals, creeping things, birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
I said, Noah found favor. Amen? Amen. Could you imagine God? He's speaking and he looks down upon the earth and he sees all the evil that's in men's hearts. And he looked around and all of a sudden he saw Noah. He said, here's Noah, one who is living righteous, one who is not ashamed. Come on, one who is walking with me. He said, I got to have a plan. I got to have a plan to save him. Amen. God saw one man in all of the evil. One man that was righteous. One man that wasn't living in shame and morally, but walking before the God, living his life before God. In all the evil that's going on in the world today, I'm telling you, it's not new. It's been here since Adam sinned. Come on, it's been just growing all these days. And it's not stopped. And God said, okay, I've had enough. I'm gonna destroy man. But then he saw Noah. Ain't you glad he saw Noah? Ain't you glad that there was somebody that was walking with the Lord? Just one man that lived amongst all of that chaos and all of that. There was one man that loved God and walked with him. Amen? That's good news. You should be happy. Come on. That gives you hope. Genesis 6, 9 says, these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. That's number one if you're keeping Noah. He was righteous. He was blameless in his time. And Noah walked with God. Amen? Amen? Hebrews 11.7 says, By faith, by faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith. By faith. Amen. How many of you have heard that? For by faith you're saved. Come on. By grace. It's not of yourselves, but the grace of God. Amen. By faith. By faith being warned of God. Of things not yet seen. Come on. So we rely upon so much stuff that we see. We see all this violence and we see everything going on in the land. And somehow we think God is out of control. That God don't know what's going on. God is still in control. Though the earth is not. So the world is indifferent to God. But let me tell you something. God is not indifferent to us. That ought to make you jump up and run around the building right there. That God loves you. Come on. God cares for you. God looked down on the earth and saw one man. If you're just one person, God sees you. That's how much God loves you. It's no different today than the day of Noah. That's what he's saying in Matthew. He's saying, but in this, there's hope. Because this man, he walked, Noah walked with God. And by faith, come on, by faith, he was obedient to God. Say, by faith. faith. I will do the will of God. All of you on the front row, by faith, you're going to do the will of God. By faith. You put up with me two services, come on. By faith. Genesis 6, 18 says... But I will establish my covenant with you and you shall enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. I will establish a covenant. Have you heard that many times that Jesus became a better covenant for us? Amen? A covenant with us. That he came and he died on the cross. Come on. He shed his blood for our sins and sicknesses and diseases. Come on. And our shame. He bore our sins, people. Do you understand? He bore all that shame. When we talk about the cross, people, we're losing sight of that so many times. 
The, the, the cross was up on a mountain. Come on, so that everybody could see it. Or when the Romans would crucify you, it'd be in a crossroad where everybody could see it. It was openly. They stripped him of his clothes, nakedness and shame. He took your shame. Do you understand? He took that from you. He took that guilt from you. A Roman was not even allowed to be crucified. It was against the law. And it was meant for the person that being crucified to endure pain. Come on, not just die instantly, but suffer. He suffered for us openly. They tell us nowadays, don't preach the gospel openly. Don't witness openly. Don't share Jesus openly. Maybe I'm the only one that's heard that. We got to do this in secret. Come on, we can't do this. We can't confront people. I'm not talking about being brazen. Come on. I'm talking about being led by the Spirit of God and sharing by your lifestyle, the way you walk and the way you live your life. Yeah. Noah openly shared his life. Come on. Could you imagine he's building this ark and his kids saying to him, Daddy, what are you doing? Hey, Daddy, well, why do we need an ark? Uh, we really need an ark? I don't see no water. It ain't raining. And then year after year, he's, I don't know how many years, I, I was reading and studying that this week, I finally gave up. But years, he built the ark. And could you imagine the, the humility that people try to put him, look at that strange man. Yep, in the New Testament, it calls that we are strange. We're just sojourners in this land, this is not our home. The ridicule that they brought. Could you imagine being the children of one of the sons of Noah? Could you imagine? Man, what's your daddy doing? Hey, is your daddy lost it up there? Man, he, what is that thing he's building anyway? We've never seen anything like that before. What? He heard a word from God to build an ark? Now I know you've lost it. I know you have lost it. A build an ark, a boat. And yet, Noah had that one word from God, that one project his whole life. Sometimes we get something from God and he's called us to do something and we're looking for something else instead of completing what God's called us to do. That's over and over again, I see that. But Noah, he was faithful, it says. He was faithful. And because he was faithful, his wife, come on, and his children were saved. There was only eight that went into the ark. Amen? Because God made a covenant through Jesus Christ, we can enter in ourselves into the promise and the eternal life. Amen? Second Peter 2.5 said, And did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. In all of his preaching, there was no change because of the people's indifference. The culture at that time, what was going on, marriage and giving in. That's what's happening today. People getting married or giving in marriage. Come on. They're living their life. They're indifferent to the things of God. When you mention God, they say, I don't want nothing to do with that. Come on. Or they turn away and say, I got something better to do. Come on. Never giving God the first place, giving him all the glory and honor he deserves and making first in their life. Amen. Making him number one. Come on. He's it. And out of him flows all the issues of life. In him is the way, the truth, and the life. And outside of him, there's hell. Come on. And the grave. Amen. 
This age will come to end, people, one time when the Holy Spirit will no longer strive with man. In the second coming, and we're living in the days of Noah just right now today, it says. But thank God, in Romans 8, 1, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. To us who are born again, come on, to us who are saved, thus who are given our life to the Lord and accepted Christ, there's no condemnation. Come on. That ought to make you jump up, people. I'm not going to be condemned. Come on. I'm innocent by the blood of Jesus. My shame, my guilt, come on. All that has been taken away from me by what Christ did. There is no, no condemnation. Amen? Hebrews 12, 24 says... Hebrews 12, 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to sprinkle the blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. The one sacrifice, ultimately, God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, come on, to die on the cross. Openly, come on, openly for the sins of the world. And that covenant, that blood covenant was made so that we don't continually have to go back and revisit salvation. Come on. Now think about it. Continually going back in Hebrews, he said, let's grow from there. Let's be disciples and let's do what God's called us to do. Let's move on. Once you're saved and you know that you're saved and you know that God paid the price for your sins, it says, let's grow. Let's move on. And that's a lot of times when we just have converts instead of disciples. Whoa, whoa. Converts instead of disciples. I didn't say mentors and mentorship. I said disciples. A mentor just becomes like his mentor and a disciple becomes like Jesus. And there's a difference. Noah did not conform to his age. Come on. He did not conform to the world system. He didn't give in. Come on. He stayed the course. He ran his race. He finished the ark. And when he finished the ark, God said, go in in seven days. I'm going to send a flood. As I was studying this week, I thought about something. And I just kind of laughed and I thought about it some more. And I thought about if you were living around the ark at the time. And let's say from the hospital all the way out to the church here, animals were lining up to go into the ark. Wouldn't you have a little question? I mean, I have some cows, and if they lined up to get on a boat, I would definitely investigate. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you inquire at least when the sirens go off and there's a fire, you say, what's going on? Well, whose house is burning? What car wreck is there? But don't you think they would say, man, this guy, he built that ark? And now all these animals are lying. They were so indifferent. They were blinded. Come on. They were blind. And we don't think that there's people blinded today. There are people that are blinded by the enemy of this world. But I would go investigate if I saw all those animals lying. I'd be asking some questions. Hey, what's going on here? Is this man really crazy? Because now I see these animals going in here. And this is not normal. God didn't call you to be normal people. He didn't call you to be normal. Amen? So he made a covenant. Romans 5, 19 says, For as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, many will be made righteous. Many will be made righteous. Noah made an ark and saved his family. Men, listen to me today. 
Listen to me. Ladies, listen to me. God wants your family saved. He, he wants your family to know him. And especially you men, listen to me. As the leader, come on. The leader, God designed you as a leader. It said Noah built the ark. Ladies, don't beat me up. It didn't say Noah's wife built the ark. I'm sorry. It's true. God loves you women. I'm not saying he don't. Don't beat me up. But he came to a man and he said, man, I want you to build this ark, Noah. And you and your family are going to be saved. Amen? And then, by faith. Men, all you got to do is live by faith. We say, I don't know how to do it. You start by calling on the name of the Lord, and you don't stop. You never stop. And when you don't know what to do, that's why we have brothers in Christ that you can go and ask them, iron sharpens iron. Amen? 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 I've watched this in Africa. When a, la- a young lady has a baby, they go to the older women. You know why? To get information. Come on. To get advice. What did you do? How, how did you do that? Come on. Older men teach younger men. Older women teach younger women. Amen? But Noah, by his example, and being obedient to God, his family was saved. Be obedient. Amen? Even if the world mocks you, Colossians 1.22 says, Yet he has now reconciled you in the fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. You're dealing with shame and guilt and regret. Jesus took that all on the cross. I told a young man at your young adults retreat back in December when we met with them, he was talking to me and he said, man, I'm just so far from God. I've done this and this and that. And I turned to him and I said, you know, I don't really care how far you are. I want to know which way you're facing. Are you facing towards God? Or are you facing away from God? Because distance is nothing for God. His arm is not shortened that he can't reach out where you are right now and touch you in the very place that you're in. So quit worrying about the distance and what you've done and how you've done it and how many times you've done it. I want to know are you facing God? Are we facing God? He took the shame. He took the guilt. He took the regret. Amen? He washed it all away. Psalms 18.32 says, The God who girds me with strength makes my way blameless. Wow. Wow. You can't do it on your own. Come on. Come on. You can't do it. You got God did it for you on the cross. He girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. Job chapter 1 verse 1. There was a man in the land of Luz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Wow. God wants you in the land of the living to be upright, people. Come on. In the land of the living, he wants you to give praise to him. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So basically, this is, let me tell you what happened. Noah was living for God, walking in the land of the living. And all around him, and all around his world that he lived in, there was sin and evil hearts of men. There was evil. It's in man's heart. Come on. Continually. And God said, I'm going to destroy it. But as his eyes were upon the earth, he found one man, Noah, who was walking with him. I read in other passages, Enoch walked with the Lord and was no more. 
So I looked that up, and it means his lifestyle, his living, walking with God. Walking with God in midst of a, of a world that was indifferent. And when God spoke, he heard. And it wasn't a simple thing. Come on. It was a thing that he had never seen with his eyes before. Come on, we always got to see to believe. Can't you believe without seeing? Faith. And God says, I'm, I want you to build this ark. That's the word for you, Noah, build the ark. So he began to build. And as he built, he preached righteousness. Amen? So fathers, as you build your family, remember it's for others too. Righteousness. He preached the word. Amen? And then, seven days before the flood, he said, now you and your family and all these animals get in here and I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to seal the door. And then the flood's going to come. I'm here to tell you one day that this age that we live in where the, where the Holy Spirit condemns with men is going to come to an end. Yeah. It says he prepared. Are you preparing? Come on. Are you prepared for what lies ahead? Even though you can't see it, do you believe it? Do you believe that Christ is coming? Do you believe that we live in a world today just like in Noah's time? And do you believe that Jesus was the covenant? He was the blood sacrifice that came. He was the righteousness of God. Amen? That came and died on the cross for us. That was the plan of God. It's foolishness. Come on. It's a stumbling block to the Jews and it's foolishness to the Gentiles. I was reading about Paul recently and I said, why was Paul so mad at the Christians? Why, why was he getting a letter and going and killing the Christians? And one guy said, A.W. Tozer said, because Paul could not believe that the Messiah was going to be hung on the cross. How could a king, how could a Messiah, a savior of the world, die on the cross? Humiliating to believe in somebody like that. How can you believe into a king that gave his life willingly to die on the cross? He didn't even fight for the kingdom. But he was fighting for the kingdom. He was fighting for me and you. And Paul, he would persecute the Christians. Do you think it's any different today that people don't like Christians and they're telling us more and more that the world, America's becoming anti-Christian? Wait around a little while if you don't believe me. It's coming. And then, when I was in Africa with Sarah this last time, we were in a village, three unreached people groups. And I've been in Africa for over 30 years. And we were down here with this group... And we were asking what they believe in, and they believe in a goddess on the mountain. They can't tell you her name. They can't tell you if they've ever seen her. They, they can't tell you if they've ever had fellowship with her. But this, this, this goddess on the mountain, that's their God. And then when you tell them the story of Jesus, they look at you like, oh, your king died on the cross? He, he willingly laid his life down on the cross? What kind of king is that? What, what kind of leader is that? Why didn't he fight? Because his blood was required for the ultimate sacrifice for you and me. Once 
and for all. We no longer have to go to the temple and offer up animals' blood for our sacrifice. Once and for all, it was settled. And they look at you. The world looks at us today when we share Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They look at us. They can't see it physically and they look at us. But it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. It's the goodness of God that he said, oh, I see Noah. He's walking with me. It's good that God looks down on mankind and says, hey, all those that call upon my name shall be saved and I will turn none of them away. Amen? And so when we, when we start looking at this and we look at Noah and we see what he's doing, let me read out A.W. Tozer here something I read and it, it really spoke to me. It says, when God declares a man righteous, he instantly sets about to make him righteous. Our error today is that we do not expect a converted man to be transformed. Man, as a result of this area, our churches are full of substandard Christians. Sorry, Noe. That's all of us. That's all of us. None escapes that. The biggest push in the kingdom today, if you go anywhere, it's discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Everybody's talking about discipleship. I got a good word for you today. I hear people talking about the end times, many's going to be saved, but every time I read in the scripture, it says few, 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 few. Even Jesus, his disciples, when he told them what was going to happen, it said many left him and they didn't come back anymore. And Jesus turned to his own disciples who had seen miracles, come on, and ate with him and walked with him. And he said, will you go also? And they said, master, where will we go? You have the words of life. Where would we go? Where would Noah have gone had there not been any ark when the flood came? The Lord is a strong tower and he's high and all that run into him will find refuge. He is our savior. Amen. Now some of you, you're looking at me. I've been screaming at you. If there was any way that I could persuade you to do something, somebody else would persuade you out of it. If I could convince you of something, somebody else could convince you out of it. But if you're like Paul on the road to Damascus and you encounter God, truly encounter him, and the blindness came on him and he fell down and he looked up and he said, Lord, who are you? That type of encounter is salvation, people. That's salvation. And then when you get up from there, he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? He would have you to follow him. Come on, he would have you follow him. We were at pastor's retreat in January. And usually every January, I'm the last one to speak. So I got time to see what everybody's saying, you know? I kind of like that. I just let the secret out, cat out of the bag. I, li- I like to hear all the other preachers speak first and then I- I'm keeping notes, you know, and I'm writing them down. And then I, then I just kind of combined all what they said and say, here's what God's saying. Now they heard it each night, but I just put it all together and package it and say, okay, here's what God's saying. But this year I went first. 
It was different. But the Lord gave me a word, and, and, and I think it's a really word for harvest time knowing. In Isaiah chapter 6, I said that when King Uzziah died, then Isaiah looked up and saw the Lord, the glory of God, high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple. Filling the temple. When that king died, come on. There, there might be, you've never seen G G King Jesus die on the cross. You've never accepted him, but he died on the cross and you got to know that he died on the cross for your sins. But there might be other kings in your life that need to die before you can see God high and lifted up. It said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He looked up and he said, the train filled the temple. And I learned something that that train was like when a king went out to war and he would defeat other kings. He would take their robes and, and sew them into his robe. And his, the more victories he had, the longer the train was. And guess what? We're sewn into that, people. He came and he won the victory. Death and life come over, over the grave. It's so, we're sewn into that train. And it said, it, it, it didn't say it was finished. It said it was filling, filling the temple. And then he said, woe is me. Woe. I am undone. And I live amongst the people that are undone. But God already had a plan. The cherubims took a coal, Isaiah chapter 6, and they came down and they touched it to his lips and he was cleansed. God had a plan in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the earth that we, come on, we, by faith, come on, we by faith could receive that. And then as he looked inward and he was cleansed, he looked outward. Outward. God said, whom will I send? Who will go? And Isaiah said, send me, Lord. He wasn't just talking to Isaiah. He was talking to the whole world. He said, who will go? He looked outward. Men, look outward into our families first. Look at your wives. Come on, look at your children. Look at those that you work with. Look at, you don't go to Africa or Brazil. Come on, Mexico, right here, right where you live. It says Noah lived righteously amongst all of those that weren't living righteously. Wow. He lived a life blameless and he walked with God. And so Isaiah, when you look at that, we know that Jesus Christ died for our sins. We know that he bore our sicknesses and diseases on that cross. We know that he took our shame. But it doesn't stop there. He says, so as the Father sends me, so I send you. Wow. To stand all alone when nobody else stands with you? It says that God didn't find another person other than Noah and his family. When the second coming of man, will he find? Will he find such? That's a hard word today, ain't it? It's a truth. It's the truth. Somebody asked me in between services, I bet you're ready to get back to Africa, get out of this for second place. I said, no, not really. Not really, because God's in this place. God's in America. God's at work. God, God hasn't given up on anybody. But I'm telling you, the end of the age is coming. It's coming sooner than you think. But are we prepared? By faith, can we receive what God says? Can we be obedient? Can we walk with God? Can we live for God in this culture of indifference? Yes is the answer. Yes is the answer.
So how do we do that? I'm not watching no clock, Noe. How do we do that? We come to a place in our life with him. We knew Jesus Christ died for us. That he bore all our sickness and diseases. Come on, on that cross. Our sins. Come on. We receive that. Come on. We, by faith, we receive that. We ask Christ to forgive us. We repent. That's a strong word nowadays. People say don't use it. Repent. Turn. Don't go that way anymore. Told that young man, which way are you facing? Come on. Away from God or to God. Yes. Repent. Turn. Call upon the name of the Lord. You will be saved. But that doesn't stop there. He says, follow me. You remember every time that Jesus talked to somebody, he said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Every person was important to Christ. When he was going to Jairus' house, we read that a lady touched him that had the issue of blood and Jesus stopped. He stopped. For one lady in a crowd, and the crowd said, well, how do you know who touched you? Christ knows. Christ knew Noah. Come on. God knew Noah. And he knows you. And he stopped and said, who touched me? And everybody's like, oh, I was... Everybody, you're crazy. What's going on? You look at all these people touching you. No, power left me. When you call upon the name of the Lord, there is power for salvation and redemption through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we call upon, but we don't stop. We follow him. Even when it's hard, come on. When it's difficult in his sufferings, come on. We like to talk about the good stuff, how he blesses us. What about his sufferings? Nobody likes that, right? But he died for all of that for us. Can we stand up together, please? Maybe you've never seen Christ high and lifted up. Maybe, maybe you believe in God because your mom and dad believed in God, or maybe your uncle or aunt, or maybe somewhere along the line somebody shared you with Jesus, and, but you never really accepted him. You never really followed him. You never had that personal relationship. Without intimacy, there's not going to be a baby born. Nowadays, they try to genetically modify it, but they still got to have a man. <laughs> Bottom line. They try to change marriage nowadays, still God. Come on, man and woman, God said, you can't change God. No, I ain't trying to get you in trouble. I'm just telling the truth. We live in a world, can we be like Noah? Can we walk? Can we really walk? Can we, can we love? Can, can, come on, can we? Yes. Paul said, I wish the church would awake. I'm praying God wakes us. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I pray you come to know Jesus Christ. So can you do me something? Just, just close your eyes and I want you to pray for the one to your left and the one to your right. Just pray, just say, God, I pray for those to my left. I pray for those to my right. God, you reveal yourself to them in this time in our lives. Speak to us, God, speak to them. Now pray for those that might be behind you or in front of you. Just say, Lord, I, I bless those that are in front of me. I bless those that are behind me. That you would reveal yourself to them, God. Father, grant your servants boldness today that they might declare your word. If there's somebody in here and you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ, you've never had that personal relationship with Jesus, Pastor Noe's going to come in a little bit and he's going to give you some 
some directions, but I want to pray with you. All of you just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I repent and turn to you, God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. And I believe that your blood covered all my sins. And I'll receive your gift. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now to you, those that are in the service today, you've been encouraged, discouraged this month. Maybe you've been discouraged this week or yesterday, and maybe the enemy has brought back regret and tried to shame you. I want to tell you that that's sown into the train of God. That's all. Come on. God's already paid the price for all of that. And the enemy is continually attacking you. Come on. He's continued trying to bring you down. He's continued trying to say it's not worth it. The song said, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. I told the musicians in between service, let's just kind of dwell on that song. When you get to that song today, let's dwell on that because God is worthy of it all. So I'm going to ask if you're a prayer partner to come forward. No, he's got prayer people. If you'll just come to the front, if you will, and stand. If you're one of these prayer partners that Noe talks about that has in the church here, whoever you are, would you please come to the front and stand? I'm going to ask you if you prayed that prayer and you meant it and for the first time in your life that you come down and you talk to one of these people in the front. Amen? But I'm also going to ask you today if you're listening to the Spirit of God and He's spoken to you about the enemy's trying to condemn you. Come on. Condemnation. He's been speaking to you, been telling you that you can't live for Him and you did this and that. I want, to, I want you to come forward also because I want to pray for you. That bondage is going to be broken off your life because Christ has already paid for it. That new life that you've been redeemed into Christ is available today. That he would not only grant you boldness, but that he would stretch forth his hands with signs and wonders to bring glory to his name. And so if you're in this room and you've been battling and you've been struggling and it is a fight, come on, but Christ has already won the victory that we will pray for you and the Spirit of God will come upon you and you'll be encouraged. Amen? You can and you have won the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen? No matter what the culture tells you, Christ has paid it all. So you come if you want prayer. Pastor Noah, you can come up. Zechariah 1.3, it says, Therefore, tell the people, This is what the Lord Almighty says. It says, return to me, declares the Lord, and I will return to you. There is a turning away from where we are, where we've been. And like Donna's been saying all morning, man, God's hand can reach us from wherever we're at. Also think God pursues us as we go down that road of destruction and it just takes that moment for us to turn. And then he closes that distance. It's not, you know, I don't even think, you know, we talk about the prodigal son that he had to run back to his father. I believe the moment we turn, God is right there to walk us back to the place of righteousness. But there's a coming to the place of coming to our senses, of realizing our need for a savior. If we struggle and, real, and don't understand why it seems like things never work out right. 
The Bible says, in this world, you will have trouble. But I'll tell you what, it is better to know God with trouble than to not know God and continually have trouble. You're going to have trouble, but with God, we can sustain and endure the troubles and the hardships. And at the end of the day, our soul is secured. We know, worst case, if I die and I go to heaven, that I have been marked by the blood of Jesus from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Now, I believe that there are moments when we just give our life to Jesus and then we begin to follow. But I also believe that there are moments, I call it the reset, (laughs) those moments in our life where we just need to reset everything and say, Lord, it's when it gets bad enough that you can't keep up with all the wrong you've done. Right? You know what I'm talking about, where it's just like, Lord, can I just have a do-over? Can I have a reset? And I believe that God honors that. But I want to open up the altar this morning. If you say, Pastor, I need, I, I just, as Don was sharing, God is just drawing my heart, and I want what he was talking about. And maybe you don't have that today. Or maybe your life has grown, grown dry, and you're weary. He says, Come to my altar and take a drink. See if I will not give you living water that you will never hunger or thirst again. So if that's you this morning, and first and foremost, if you're committing your life to the Lord, I want you to tell somebody about it. That's an important thing. If you made a choice to follow Jesus today and you've never done that, I want you to come up and tell somebody about it. But today, if you're hungry and you feel like you are dry, but you are thirsty and hungry, it says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So can you get out of your seat and come forward? And we're just going to pray that God would release that to you today. Come on. Lord thank you Father Father I thank you for your Holy Spirit in the room that satisfies all of us Lord I pray today as we seek you God we would find you Father, as we search inward and we see that we have need of you, that outwardly we would change the direction we're going. Lord, I pray that you would just stir a, uh, Father, an excitement for the road before us. That we would know that your, that your, your plans for us are good plans and great plans. Doesn't mean that it won't be difficult, Father, but it's going to be worth it. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. And Father, we just choose. Can we decide that this morning? Say, Lord, we will follow you wherever you will go. That we'll stop when you stop. That we'll go when you go. But Father, we will follow you all the days of our life. Father, that we give you all of the imperfections, all of those things that don't please you. And Father, I pray that we would be people of righteousness that are found in a place that maybe doesn't really honor you like it should. But Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your plans and I thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray.